Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. podcast with me Carly. Hope you are all well witches. Got a little bit of a different episode today, a little bit of a cheeky thing to do because instead of our normal book review, I'm going to be doing that thing of um, promoting my own book because I have actually got a book coming out on 25th of November called The White Witch's Book of Healing. So I thought it might be quite a laugh if I brought onto the show my partner in crime, uh, the hail to my pace or whichever way around it goes, Rachel the Hedge Witch, to come on and ask me some questions and discuss the book a bit. So I'd love you all to say a big hello to Rachel. <laughs> hello. Thank you for inviting me to do this. I'm quite excited about it. Me too. Like, I don't know which one is the slim one out of How and Pace, but that would be you. And <laughs> <laughs> There's room for change on all of this. <laughs> oh, so, um, so yes, I'm like really excited to have Rachel on. And um, I'm not 100% at the moment. I'm like 90% Lemsip, 10% um, a normal person, not a normal person. But yeah, so it might be a bit interesting on that front my brain isn't at its full capacity but it should be quite amusing anyway so uh Rachel thank you so much for coming on and I'm looking forward to your questions be gentle (laughs) so um yeah what what I wanted to ask first what does it feel like to be the subject on your own podcast rather than (laughs) that not not quite not the host but yeah you're on the receiving end of the questions this time how does that feel oh um a little bit cringe a little bit twatty actually (laughs) because I um I just really like podcasts where you just get down to it but we are going to go into some information in like the questions and so on it's not just all going to be like oh let's talk about me let's talk about me it is about the meaning of the book and so on of course but yeah it is weird because obviously I always do a book review about other books and I always talk to other people about their books so and it still hasn't really sunk in it really hasn't sunk in I think it will when people start receiving the book I don't think it will ever sink in, but yes, it's it's very strange, but not. I, I hold books in such high regard that I'm in complete awe of anyone that produces a book. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to actually get hold of a copy ultimately and um, dig, start digging into it because obviously I've not even read this book either. So it's all new to me. Anything that we talk about now is um, is literally news to me as we're talking about it. So I suppose my first question would be, what was your trigger for writing the book? Um, it was very much twofold because 
I kept being asked following like doing the podcast, what books I could recommend about shadow work, the dark night of the soul. I really wanted to find a witchy one myself that incorporated all those elements, but I just couldn't find any. So I thought, well, that's what I'll write then. (laughs) And um, I mean, it was very uh, accidental that it, the book came about really. I did some work with Emma Mumford and I don't know if like, anyone remembers she was on one of the very first episodes she's a brilliant podcaster she's a youtuber she's an author but she's more in the realms of like spirituality and manifesting and she was working with her former publishers like looking for new authors and I expressed an interest in it within her membership but I didn't think I could I I just didn't think I could do it I didn't think I could commit to it at the time I had like a day job that was stealing my soul and um, much going on and I just didn't think about it seriously but then lockdown happened and George Lizos, who is another like really good YouTuber, author, podcaster that came onto the podcast. And uh, he told me about someone who dropped out of working with Emma. So the opportunity was still there like a little while on and I just ended up going for it and the rest is history. So honestly, if it wasn't for lockdown, I would never have written the book. I would still be probably working my soul sucking job that I really couldn't cope with. Like, That's really interesting because that's one of those situations that keep occurring in our lives and I'm sure in other people's too where there is an opportunity you sort of dismiss it and think no that's not for me but it comes back and then you you really have to consider hang on a second this is going to keep presenting itself until I actually commit to it um so yeah I can be quite bad at recognizing those things and I'm trying really hard to be better at that but you obviously yeah only took you two two goes of being told there was an opportunity so that's pretty, (laughs) pretty good I think I I, um, I really had massive, like, I know lockdown was horrendous, but it did change my whole life work-wise, you know? So it was, but yeah, if it wasn't for that, I, I and I had, you know, seven months of furlough and I just thought, I'm just going to get on with doing something then. So yeah, that, that really was what pushed me to do it. Okay, so the next thing then, um, loads and loads of people would, want to write a book I think myself included and you've talked about the the fact that the opportunity presented itself and you had the time and capacity to do it because of being on furlough in lockdown so what gave you the confidence or the desire or the motivation to actually go ahead and put pen to paper or however else you describe it I'm just thinking of um, all the wobbles that you could have myself as I say included as considered writing books at times and always thought oh could I really do this and would anybody ever want to read it where where did you go from that point of view I always wanted to write a book since a kid like I inhaled books as a kid I've always been known for reading so much it's funny because I was so badly behaved as a teenager at school like I was always getting in trouble put into isolation (laughs) but I still loved English lessons in the library like I was like full of contradictions you know I was like this sort of booky nerd but then everything else is just you know chaos and um Yeah, that was always there, that love. Like I first started writing a book when I was pregnant with my daughter, Amelie, 15 years ago. That is a witchy fiction book. I'm still thinking about going back to finish it now that the other book's done. You know, I've got about half of it done, but I sat on that for 15 years. And I think this just 
really doing the podcast just really pushed me because I really knew already what I wanted to write about and people had been getting in contact saying you know what books would you recommend for this and me thinking I don't know because I haven't found one myself I think the one thing that I really want to like convey uh, especially because I think that there are so many people out there that should be just going for it is I have never had any real like strong academic knowledge in any lessons like I'm mathematically dyslexic I can't even never been able to do my times tables I also struggle with the rules when it comes to English and writing but I've read enough books I've researched enough to understand how to write in terms of formats and you know how to tell a good tale I'd like to think and I also personally feel like when we write or create or focus energy into anything, a lot of the time it's us channeling some higher energy or something, you know. Um, I got lost in the writing process. I really loved that part of it. And I just felt like I'd read it and think, oh, did I write that? You know, it just it just felt like it was just being carried off really um but ultimately the desire really was to document exactly what I did with all these weird like yucky parts of life that I had experienced and it's strange because it was so healing that whole process in a sense it was a form of shadow work just writing the book uh, <laughs> see that really yeah <laughs> well it's not so far removed from journaling if you're actually writing about your own journey and I mean this is really inspiring for me and hopefully for the people as well because I think there can be like a, a crisis of confidence with things like this and um you know giving yourself the challenge of doing something like this is really empowering and hopefully can overcome that so did you set out to achieve things for yourself with writing the book. Obviously you wanted to create something that was lacking in availability. Um, but did you set out with the motivation of healing something for you, like by journaling or, you know, that kind of process? And if you did set out with an intention along those lines, did it change at all through the actual process of writing it? Yeah, there was two things really. Um, selfishly, I had this and I'm probably wasted too much time on the podcast talking about this, but I had this one relationship where I got hurt really badly. Like it really broke my heart. And I thought, I'll never get over this. And writing the book and working through all the processes that I did, you know, just, oh, without it sounding really twatty again, <laughs> it, it really changed my life. Like I started the podcast and all the witchy work uh, in response really to this one breakup. And in a sense, like I feel like if it wasn't for that breakup now, I never would have been in so much pain and to sort out and done all these rituals and these spell works and, you know, like never would have gone into all these elements like the dark night of the soul and shadow work. It was like that was the initial motivation, but then everything became bigger than that one breakup. It became me accepting all my weirdness and awkwardness <laughs> and actually like doing something with it. That was the selfish aspect. But uh, the other really was to focus on, I really, really, you know, wanted to, and again, this sounds really twatty, like help other people who were lost in the dark night of the soul. Because I'd get lots of messages from people saying, you know, I'm really struggling with like trauma, depression, addiction, or any other form of, you know, something that they needed to wade through, like the sticky treacle of like shadow work, like disconnection from self really. And um anyone that 
you know, who at some level feels like disconnect and wants to like reconnect. That, that was the main thing I wanted to focus on because um, I felt like that was where I had been at myself really. Um, just, you know, even up to sort of like a part of last year, I just felt like it took me a long time to get out of where I was. I felt pretty um, dead inside, but then all the work that I did and just my practices like reconnecting with nature that had a huge impact, you know, looking at history in terms of like native lands and ancestral magic, um, understanding more about, you know, ancestors. Whilst I was writing, I changed a lot. Like I delved more into shamanic hedgewitch practices like native to the British Isles. And, you know, I think that's reflected within the book as I do delve into a lot of that as well it's all interconnected and you know weaved together it it kind of became like I used to jokingly say at the end it's like pagan solutions for modern day problems <laughs> I think that's really inspiring in a couple of ways it doesn't sound bad at all because um you said that your motivation was for yourself helping yourself through these processes but also for other people I mean for me that's like the best part of humanity if we can all help ourselves and other people that's exactly what we should be doing so never say anything negative about that being your motivation that's that's brilliant um yeah I, I mean I suppose what comes across for me at least from you is um it appears to be a fearless willingness to face issues that you need to face and bring a real human side to how you talk about those and a willingness to talk about the difficulties that you face. And I think that's what's so unique about you, perhaps, that you will open those wounds, deal with stuff and then share that because that, you know, we all need to know, don't we, what's there's always something that can benefit someone else in your own story in your own journey so um yeah I think that's really valuable that that slant of, of looking at things so what did you learn about yourself and you kind of answered this as well a little bit but you may want to expand or or not um and, and about your craft that you might not have learned or might not have learned yet if you'd not written it I think you saying that about you know kind of uh using what you have had happened or what you've done because um to be honest like I felt so much shame for so many years about a lot of things that I'd done and this was a bit of an exorcism in a way so now I don't really I, I don't really feel like that about a lot of stuff like I could never really admit that I'd been a drug addict and things like that and then it was almost like this was a bit of um an exorcism and it and and the fact that people did get in contact with me and say actually I've I've experienced that I've done that and it was like oh they were not like there wasn't a reason for me being a drug addict but it was like actually you know I'm, I'm not gonna I don't really want to just pretend it never happens anymore because it just sat there for you know however many years just being you know covered over really uh, so that was one thing I learned which I think I see in so many people like when you actually with the shadow work like when you actually take stuff out and you look at it I know it doesn't apply to everything but when you actually look at it and sometimes you can transmute so much of that into something be it something creative or something as a 
change in yourself or a lesson or a blessing or whatever. I um, also learned as well, it's funny because I always used to be ridiculed jovially by my dad about always harping on about the past with wanting to know stories about my family throughout time. And I always wanted to retell their stories. And it's only now that I recognize, you know, I'm that kind of ties in with being so obsessed with tales of folklore and our lands and ancestral magic that it makes sense now that it was always a theme for me. I mean, I think in writing this book, I realized how passionate I am about keeping some of our mythology and history alive. It's like the concept of the fairy tale forensics that Clarissa Pinkola Estes talks about in her book, Women Who Run With The Wolves, because she does so much to keep those stories still there and alive. And, you know, she says like stories are medicine and value their importance of teaching us lessons. And for me, I think that made me realize kind of with work I'm doing now and just with the book that I am really like fearful of us losing a lot of this knowledge about like the hedge witches and, you know, what happened in old pagan practices and so on. And I think that, you know, was a bit of a surprise really. And I think that has made me kind of focus on what I wanted to do in the book, but also, you know, a bit more about the path I want to go down and what I want to do and just, you know, kind of hoping that like writing about that and talking about it on the podcast that other people might now know about some of these things or go out and find more or tell these stories and recognize their importance, I guess. You know, that's made me look at your book in a different way as well, because I I was one for books and reading as well when I was a child. You know, I would literally have a book in my hand all the time. If I was called for a meal, I'd walk (laughs) down from my room, still reading the book. I would wedge the book underneath my dinner plate and not look up from the book for the whole meal time. Um, And my girls do that now, which I absolutely love. But it's just reminded me, I suppose, how many lessons and things we do learn from um, from books and stories And that whilst your book is founded in truth and what you've learned and your path, it's still a story. So Mm. people can learn from it. And and like you say, retell stuff in the same way. It's made me look at it a little bit differently. Um, The final thing I wanted to ask then, which is slightly different to what I thought I'd be asking, because I think you've um, covered so much of, of already of what I thought I would ask you about. Do you think, and this is just from what I've heard you say today, that the fear of facing the things we need to face is worse than actually facing them itself? Or is it the other way around? I definitely think it's the fear that is, yes. Yes, it's it's because of through experience, I think that the fear of shadow work and like, I just remember thinking, I, I genuinely used to think that it would kill me. Like, I don't know what it was. It was just, and I guess when we have a panic attack or anything, like that can feel like a death, can't it? You know, people say, like, I thought I was dying, but actually it's a panic attack, which is often so rooted in fear. You know, it's crazy how much of a response that we can have to these things. And I sometimes think that when I'm fearful, they are the things now that I recognise I've got to do. And... Uh, as much as they yeah I, I I'm kind of following that fear a bit now if that makes sense which is really weird um 
when I went and did a workshop recently at the retreat I'm at, uh, one of the girls that I work with, she calls me the shadow queen. And I thought, oh, that sounds so dark. Because <laughs> I, I do so much like in the sessions with people around shadow work and uncovering all this stuff. And, you know, it's always like a room of tears and so on. But I am really starting to recognize that there is such gold in what we fear. And I know that some people, you know, that's hard to look at and that's hard to process because in shadow work, you can be uncovering all manner of things. And, you know, some of the things that I uncovered in mine was so bleak, so dark, you know, it, it got into so many areas that um, aren't fluffy at, in, you know, at all. And I work with some people that there's, their shadow work is really, it's really like in a sense considered dark, but, I think once there is a fear with something, I'm kind of starting to move towards it now and recognizing that coming out the other side of that, that's where usually the gold is, you know? Um, even with like, this is kind of something I talked about in the book, like even with the gods and goddesses, they are like testament to adversity, you know? Um, yeah, I always resounded with Hecate. She was said to be a mortal who like committed suicide and was raised by the dead by Artemis. You know, I always feel like coming out the other side of anything that you think will finish you off is always the alchemy of the process. You know, she became a goddess. And I really hope that the book will help people who are struggling with any of these deep level issues or just even broaching shadow work to recognize that none of us are alone with these feelings it's when we discuss it and put it out in the open we realize that we can relate to one another and we aren't alone and I know that sounds really cringe but it's always something that when I even talk to you or do workshops along those lines it's always that sentiment that emboldens people that you know there's always someone that's we're not alone there's always someone that's gone through it and transmuted it that all makes so much sense and I properly agree I'm really curious about fear and I'm um, working on my own ability to face it but how you just described it at the very start of that answer saying when you are fearful and how you said it made me go huh full of fear yeah full of fear there's no room for anything else so you really do need it's something we all have to do isn't it if we do feel that fear it has to be faced to make way for other things because otherwise I think it is all consuming so I just want to say, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on and um, gridding me with your quite gentle questions. I very much appreciate it. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. It was a real privilege to be part of it. And I'm very, very excited to actually get my hands on a copy of the book. So obviously me and Rachel are very much partners in crime and we have our other offering of a podcast, which is The Hedge Witches Almanac. We've just released our November episode. We'll put the details in the show notes if you want to have listened to that. But Rachel and I, we've both had quite a few requests. Obviously, I work on workshops and Rachel is a very experienced, amazing shamanic practitioner. And I know you too get a lot of personal requests, don't you, in regards to your work? Yeah, and off the back of the... Um the Hedrich's Almanac that's increased massively and I wanted to say if we haven't got back to you straight away please bear with us we're getting lots of inquiries about things and we've come up with a plan that <laughs> in order to meet some of the need at, at least or some of these requests we could host a workshop um, ourselves or some workshops all being well and we already have a date and a location for the first one which is um, the 14th of December in Braintree in Essex. 
And that's going to be from 1.30 till 3.30. We will be charging £40 for that particular workshop. And within that, we'll be covering shadow work, also shamanic practices. So that'll be split between myself and Rachel. And obviously, we're just looking forward to meeting you as well as hosting the workshop too. So we'll put details in the show notes of if you want to sign up and come and join us for that. There's limited availability because it's not like the hugest site. So have a look in the show notes and yes, get onto that. If you would like to come, we would love to see you there. I think we've covered everything. I think so. Yeah, I think um, just. <laughs> Thank you very much again for for having me on and uh, yeah and And of course we'll be back together we like we'll be back together rachel don't worry how (laughs) you'll episode soon as well (laughs) absolutely yes that's already in the plan (laughs) absolutely okay so join me after the break when i delve into shamanic journeying hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome back. So I thought with Rachel being on the episode, it would be good to look at journeying as she is, of course, a experienced shamanic practitioner. She does a lot of in her work along the lines of soul retrievals, journeying and so on. So here is a small segment of my book. This is in the soul loss chapter and this section is called journeying. Whenever we go to sleep, our soul leaves our body and frequents other realms as a form of journeying. Our soul will also leave our body as a form of protection should we experience intense trauma. Soul retrievals tend to be carried out by an experienced shaman. However, we can embark on our own form of shamanic journeys to help us gain wisdom, guidance and healing. Journeying is a powerful tool I've used for close to 10 years now. It was something I stumbled upon whilst at a spirituality festival. I happened to end up in a small igloo type tent where a shaman went through a journey to introduce us to our spirit animal. And I wound up meeting my tiger, who is with me to this day, along with a large, beautiful, chuckling African woman, Mama Roots, who used to give me huge hugs and unconditional love, which clearly I so needed at that time in my life. Journeying has been so transformational for me. At its core, it offers up wisdom, guidance and reassurance. I found myself being able to self-soothe emotionally, tap into my intuition, find comfort with my spiritual team, 
uncover symbolic signs and find solutions or inspired action I can take in relation to intentions I've set. I've come to journeying within some of my darkest hours, beginning the journeying process with no hope and thoughts of despair and finishing up with tears streaming down my face a light heart and feeling loved, protected, and with fire in my belly to transition my life forward. There are guided journeys that you can listen to that will help you get started. You might wish to have a go at one that might help you discover your guides, but the map below for your journey will likely help you with uncovering who your spiritual team are regardless. A guide can come to you in many different forms as an animal, deity, mythical creature, ancestor, elemental or angel. Some guides would have been with us since we were children and others come into our life at different points of our life depending on what we need. My tiger has remained with me since I met him over 10 years ago. Mama Roots was only with me for a short space of time when I needed some real love. In more recent months, I met with an interesting goddess who was always on the periphery of my journeys. I could sense she was there within the caves of the lands I journeyed to, but for a while I was nervous to meet her. She's a chaotic goddess who laughs a lot and shapeshifts into pink puffs of smoke when she gets overexcited. She scries over a cauldron of pink oily liquid within a cave surrounded with tropical flowers and she inspires me with my self-worth, confidence and creativity. You can call upon your guides at any point. I've always pulled my tiger into consciousness if I am out in my day-to-day life and need to feel confident or remove fear. I can often visualise and feel him walking alongside me when I need to and it instantly shifts my energy and makes me feel safe and ridiculously courageous. Imagine having a real tiger walking alongside you and fighting your corner and tell me that wouldn't create an energy shift. Journeying is entering an altered state of consciousness. When you first come to journeying, it's worth mentioning that you may not meet first time round with your spirit guide. You might not view your journey akin to watching a movie, but you should draw upon all the other senses open to you, such as seeing, hearing, feeling, touching, tasting and smell. The shaman believes that all seeing within journeys is done via the heart. Pay attention to any symbols that may arise within your journey. Try to ignore the left side of your brain that may be bringing your mind back to rationality. In the beginning, I often felt doubts arise as I set off on my journey that I was making everything up that I saw. As I went along, I managed to appease my overactive brain simply by agreeing with it, blocking out that nagging rationale and venturing forward regardless. The rewards from journeying cancelled out any doubts or rationale my brain wanted to throw into the mix. Our mind often tries to limit our ability for freedom. It's worth noting shamans are often viewed as liminal beings who can exist between both worlds. Many believe the inner world to be true reality. They never doubt what their mind shows them. So rest assured you're doing just fine with anything that comes up within your own mind whilst on your journey. Patience is key when it comes to journeying. Again, your first attempts may feel fruitless. However, practice makes perfect and each attempt works on opening up your senses for the spirit world. Map for journeying. 
Set an intention for your journey. Remember, this is not about fortune telling. It's looking at an area of your life that perhaps you want to seek out guidance, wisdom or healing for. You may wish to write down in your book of shadows what your intention is. We never want to give our guides the full reins on what we are doing within our life. We need to come to them in a self-empowering manner, whereby we are not asking them for a yes or no answer, more an open question as to what guidance they can provide for us to consider, or even asking them for a sign. You may have two paths open to you within your life, so perhaps ask them to give insight into what you should consider for each to help you weigh up your decision. Ensure you are in a prepared sacred space for your journey, perhaps like candles, incense or burn herbs. I like to ensure my altar is in order. I smoke cleanse myself and around my sacred space and enter into a meditative state before I get started. I listen to shamanic drumming playlists as I find the drumming takes me elsewhere and makes the transition much easier. Speak a blessing before you get started, asking for your spirit guide, ancestors, angels, deities, or whoever you work with to look after you once you begin your journey and thank them for their assistance and protection. You might wish to lie down or sit up for your journey. I tend to lie down and ensure the room is very dark with a little candlelight. There are different realms that shamans will travel to whilst journeying. The free world map, which involves traveling to the upper, middle and lower realms, or the Celtic map, which involves entering the underworld, where you sail across a lake on a boat called Inrama. You may wish to seek out more information or follow a guided meditation in relation to these realms. I simply started off journeying through visualizing somewhere I would actually like to be. My go-to place is in the depths of the jungle upon a stone platform that has caves set within the walls. As I've continued journeying, the landscape has built up and become more vivid. I have visited other lands too, finding myself standing in front of and entering a huge golden temple, also in a forest with a beautiful lake running throughout. You can't go wrong with where you go on your journey, so let your imagination go wild. So this section of the book is in the uh, soul loss part and I do actually go into the different realms that the shaman goes into within that section so there is a lot more in regards to the different realms that you can access whilst journeying. Should you meet anyone upon your journey you might feel curious as to whether they are your spirit guide. You should see what intuitively comes up for you in their presence but you can also ask them directly if they are your spirit guide. Feel free to ask them four times for complete clarity. Remember, you can have more than one guide, but also different guides might show up for you at different times within your lifetime, depending on what you are experiencing. Come back to journeying as many times as you need to until you feel you have found your guide. There is no right or wrong way of doing it. When you feel you've seen all you need to see, asked and received all the information or guidance you can, I would recommend retracing your steps that you first took within your journey. Once you are ready, open your eyes and write down everything that came up for you within your journey. Take care to write down any symbols you might have received. Write on who your guide showed up as. What senses did you employ? Were there any synchronicities? You might wish to look into any symbolism that came up the same you would with dream analysis or how you intuitively feel they should be interpreted. 
Once you've finished your journey, you may wish to thank your spirit guide, ancestors, angels, deities, or whoever you work with for protecting you whilst on your journey. Once you've finished, do something to bring you back into your body and this reality. Take a bath or shower, go for a walk and eat a nutritional meal. I use the process of journeying to help gain guidance for how to heal and find closure in respect to the relationship with my ex-partner. During my journey, I found myself within a university. Everything I saw was pink and this felt connected to my heart chakra and love. I witnessed myself studying and I intuitively felt that I was being shown I needed to focus on my research work as a podcaster and author. The work that ultimately brought me many opportunities, happiness and a feeling of self-accomplishment. This certainly wasn't the answer I was expecting when I set my intentions before embarking on my journey. However, I did heed the message. Once I threw myself into my work, I always felt happier and less plagued by my ex-partner's energy. Later on, I carried out a shamanic journey to meet with my ex, have one final conversation that could offer up closure and cut the cord between us. In the other realm, we stood across from one another within a cornfield. He seemed angry at me and intuitively I knew this was due to his own insecurities. He was often insecure, jealous and resentful of me in our relationship within the real world. I could also pick up that he didn't want the cord to be cut in order for me to remain an available option to him following his shotgun wedding. And I spill all the tea in the book, don't worry. This was an intensely moving experience where I got to tell him exactly how he had made me feel, allowing him to say anything he needed to move on, but that he needed to let us go too. I cried so much in this and the other realm, but I felt such a relief at being able to say what I had never had the opportunity to. Journeying has proven extremely beneficial to me from finding solutions relating to my work, purpose, relationships, friendships, finances and any issues that might have arisen within my life. Guidance has come through in ways that I have never envisaged and given me a starting point to take action. So I hope that that helps. If you are a member of my Patreon, the White Witch Coven, I just want to say thank you so much for all your support this month because you've all known that I've been really ill, been totally like out of it. Uh, it's taken me a long time to get to record because I couldn't hear properly. I had like really bad problems with my ears. I have been able to record this because I've been stopping it so frequently because I need to cough and I haven't been able to talk for a while because I've had no voice. It's been horrendous. Like I've had the, I've, I've not been this ill, I don't think, um, ever. <laughs> So yeah, it's taken me such a while to get better. So I really want to apologize for the delay in putting out a podcast. I had to like surrender and missed out on so many different work opportunities. And obviously, you know, it's really impacted on things that I've been doing. So yeah, it's been quite a, um, you know, it could have really got to me, but I realized that there was no point. I couldn't do anything to change anything. I just had to surrender to being ill. But at the same time, I'm not mad about it either because I've had some good time to lay in bed feeling like death warmed up and just consider things that I wanted to bring to the podcast. I've had like so much inspiration and so many things come through that I can't wait. I've got something I'm really excited to 
put together for the end of this year on the podcast before 2022 that I think will kind of get us all motivated for next year. But anyway, there'll be more on that. I'm like easing myself back into being better and getting on with the show. So thank you so much for your patience. It's great to be back. I am... Yeah, I'm looking forward to feeling 100%. So like I say, you can access um, Grimoire Pages on my Patreon, The White Witch Coven. For £6 a month, you get access to, we have our Coven chat once a month. We also have the Literary Witches Coven. We are currently reading Danielle Dolsky's Woman Most Wild, which is an amazing book. Well, I'm personally really enjoying it. We also have our chats over on Discord. We are always on there, chat about everything under the sun. You also get grimoire pages as well in relation to each of the podcast episodes and an exclusive Patreon podcast episode each month. You can also find me, of course, on the Hedgewitch's Almanac with Rachel the Hedgewitch, who is on today's episode asking me all the questions. We've just done an episode all about November. Uh, So come over and catch me on there. And all my socials will be in the show notes. If you are interested in buying my book, if anything resounded with you today, I'll put a link in the show notes for that too. It is called The White Witch's Book of Healing, Weaving Magical Rituals Throughout Your Craft for Sacred Healing and Reclamation of the Wild Witch Within. So without further ado, thank you so much. Lots and lots of witchy love. I will catch up with you all soon.